Hi everyone, I'm Hannah. I'm the teaching pastor at Urban Village Church. If you talk about me, you can use the pronouns she and her, and I am so, so glad that you are with us this evening. This is the third in our set of three webinars on some of the basic core questions of faith that we've been doing this week. And tonight we're going to be considering something that we get a lot of questions about, that we've had a lot of questions about, that you might have had a lot of questions about, which is prayer. Prayer covers so many things from ecstatic practices of dance and shouting to quiet moments of contemplation. It covers talking to God and listening. It covers acts of justice and mercy. Prayer can mean a whole lot of things and there can be a lot of barriers to prayer in our lives. Either that we don't know how to pray, we never have before, that we feel uncomfortable with prayer or distant from it, we have in some way had prayers go unanswered or unheard, or we have felt um, a distance with the practice of prayer. And people have a lot of questions. So we have a beautiful panel with um, us tonight, folks who have been um, prayerful and who've had a lot of thoughtfulness around their prayer lives and spirituality. And so we're gonna start with a little panel talking about some of the questions we most frequently get asked. And then we would invite you to share any of your comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, anything in the comments or at onlinequestions.org using the event number 31255. That'll give us the anonymous questions. And then we will do our best to offer our perspectives. Um, we are not Jesus Christ. We are people of God, which means that we make mistakes, that we believe different things now than we did five years ago, and we will believe different things again in five years. So we hope that tonight is not the end of an answer for you, but the beginning of a conversation that we can have together of discernment about how prayer is going to work to work in your lives. So I'll now invite on my wonderful panelists to introduce themselves. David and D'Angelo, come say hello to everybody. Hello. So tell the people a little bit about yourselves. Um, D'Angelo, what brings you here today? Hi, my name is D'Angelo and I am the site pastor for High Park Woodlawn and Wicker Park locations. And if you refer to me, you can refer to me with they, them pronouns. And I am so excited to be here with you all to talk about prayer. And David, tell the people who you are. Yeah, I'm David uh, with a Y. Um, so I'm David, I go to uh, Urban Village Church Edgewater and I'm the site prayer coordinator for that site. I also um, have volunteered as a lay chaplain within Urban Village Church as well. And I too am so excited to be here and talk about this thing, this, this mystery um, called prayer. And so I'm very, very excited to, to listen and learn and hopefully maybe share a little bit as well. Well, that's wonderful. We like to start with a bit of a personal question, kind of placing us where we are in this topic, and then we'll start to answer some of your questions. And so I'd love to hear from each of you, what is a prayer practice that has been really meaningful to you? Something that has been really powerful in your life? And what is something that has been a barrier to prayer for you? What's something that has kept you from it or a big question you've had about prayer? For me, I would say, uh, go ahead, David, if you want to go. No, no, okay. go ahead. Go for, ahead. Me, for me, um, 
you know, one thing that was very insightful and actually moved my prayer life to another level was prayer did not only have to be with words and in silence, but prayer could be actually dance, as you said before, moving my body. And as one who's trained in dance, um, I one day I just started dancing and I felt like the spirit of God just like overpower me. And I was in communication with the spirit of God. And I actually heard, you know, like the next steps for my, my life. And I felt that that was the spirit telling me where to go. A barrier of mine sometimes is, are you hearing me, God? <laughs> yeah. Like, where you at, yo? Homie, where you at? So yeah. you know, that's 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 a little barrier there. It's a problem. <laughs> um, for me, my relationship with prayer um, is dynamic. You know, um, dynamic meaning that sometimes prayer is this awesome thing, and other times it's this very quiet, subdued kind of thing. Um, and my 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 relationship with it has has changed over. Um, the several decades I've been around. Um, and so for me, um, recently, prayer, like the most meaningful prayer for me or where I really feel the spirit um, is actually kind of the opposite of what D'Angelo was saying. Mine is in that time of quiet. Mine is in that time of solitude. Mine is in that, that stillness. Um, that's where I experience and feel. Um, the Holy Spirit usually also um, sort of related to what D'Angelo was saying, walking. Walking is a, spirit, a spiritual practice for me. Um, I love taking long walks um, with no plan or anything, just taking a walk and being present. Um, and that's where I found out that a lot of my prayer is actually my thought process. And by the time I get back from my walk, I can breathe again. I'm like, okay, this is all right. This is all right. And that's where I can hear um, hear God. Um, sometimes not even really wanting to or meaning to, but through those times um, of, of walking and praying through my thoughts is when I hear God. Some of the struggles, me too, is sometimes there are seasons, right? I mean, sometimes it is just like, Whoa! And then other times it's like, I don't hear anything. Worse, I don't feel anything. Um, I'm very emotional. And if I don't feel it, it doesn't resonate with me very well. And so if I'm praying to God and, and, and I'm you know putting out all this energy and I'm not getting anything back, that's, that's when I'm, um, that, that, that's when it, it doesn't speak to me, you know? Um, and I'm not sure exactly which way to go with that, except just take a deep breath and keep moving. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing. Um, for me, a really meaningful prayer practice the last few years, I have a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and starting to do evening prayers with them has been so powerful because we really like strip down prayer to the most basic and literal components, right? Like we're every night before bed, we just say, is there anything we want to say thank you to God for? Is there anything we want to ask for God's help with? And then do we have any questions for God, right? And so like 
my kids are not trying to impress anybody. They're not trying to use fancy words. They haven't learned a specific way to pray. Like they are just being super direct with God. They're like, I love candy. I want help with when mommy and daddy won't let me watch videos. And my question is, why do birds fly like that? And it, watching them pray has really helped me remember to be like, bold and clear and god knows all of my thoughts and experiences anyway just be upfront like to really bring like honesty to my prayer life um and i think a big barrier for me um I have always found multiple experiences of prayer to be incredibly like animating and personally powerful in my life. I found prayer to be this really powerful tool of like knowing the Holy Spirit's presence in my life and of changing things around me. But I didn't grow up religious and I converted in my teens. And I remember one of my, I felt almost um, like bad, like it might be morally wrong to pray because I knew people who had had really bad things happen to them. And I would just think to myself, well, if they prayed for these terrible things to not happen and they did, is me praying saying that there was something wrong with them or that God did that stuff on purpose. Like I really had a lot of these questions that come up about God's power and what does it say about God's power to pray at all. Um, and, and I've gone through phases with that, as both of you have shared, which I think is really natural about a lot of parts of the spiritual life. But for me, it was really coming to this place of, you know, having to reckon with God's gift of freedom and the unpredictable mystery of life and prayer being a part of that, that prayer wasn't an explanation or a claim about what other people had or hadn't done, but that it was a part of our life. Um, so thank you all for sharing. I want to start with one of the questions we got from folks, um, which is, are meditation and prayer the same opposites? Can I do both? What's the deal there with meditation and prayer? Um, I can go ahead and jump in. Um, and this is just my humble opinion. So take it for what, what it's worth. Um, I think a lot of it is with intention. Um, when when we pray or when I pray, um, my intention is to commune with God, to have a moment of sacredness, um, have a moment of gratitude, of asking, of perplexing something, working through something. Um, and there are times that it's also you know nice and quiet and, and that type of thing, but it's usually done with intention. Whereas meditation. It, the intention of meditation, depending on, on which practice you do, but most of it is you try to clear your mind, you try to empty your mind, you try, and that's perfectly fine as well. And there are prayers that reflect that aspect of meditation as well. So can you pray and meditate? Yes. Are they separate things as well? Probably so. Um, but I don't think one necessarily um, conflicts the other. In fact, I think a lot of times, especially in certain types of prayer, um, they actually mingle together. Um, and, and out of that is is a holy time. Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree. So I think prayer can be meditative. Yeah. Um, and sometimes prayer cannot, right? Um, and it depends on what type of prayers that we are praying. Um, and also, I think meditation can be a prayer, a prayer mm -hmm. to the ancestors, a prayer to God, a prayer um, for something. And so 
I believe it's the space of what you're saying, David, this intention. It's right. what's the intention. And for me as well, prayer is the intention or intent, attempt to communicate with the divine. Mm -hmm. um, and if that is through, like, because the divine can be in our ancestors, the divine can be within us, right? So mm -hmm. um, conversation can be prayer. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I really appreciate this. If I got this question from someone, I would have a couple follow-up questions because I think <laughs> One of the, t like, I have gotten this question a lot, actually, like, can I meditate or are meditation and prayer the same? And in the beginning for me, because of my upbringing, I was like, yeah, of course. And and then as I've asked follow-up questions, I've realized that for a lot of people, they grew up in Christian environments that said, prayer is when you use words to ask God for stuff. And then they never talked about anything else. <laughs> and so then someone comes across meditation um, on the Headspace app or from a Buddhist friend or in a context that's not Christian to them and they wonder if it's okay to do. <laughs> and, and I always just really want to say people say to people, like, if it brings you closer intimacy with God and love and the ability to love your neighbor and love God, you go do it, right? Like God made all the people. Don't be worried about where it came from. And also Christianity has long traditions of silent meditation, of contemplative practice, of monkhood, of dancing in dervishes. Like that is all within Christian ancestral tradition as well. You just might not have been taught it growing up, but there are resources out there for you. Um, so I wanted to kind of expand our notion of, of what even prayer can be. Um, mm -hmm. One question we got was, how do I start praying? So someone wants to have a little more prayer in their life, but it's like not their deal. They haven't done it before. They haven't done it in a while, or it always ends up making them feel awkward. How do you recommend they begin? For me, I believe it's that moment when that stifling moment is where you should start. So what's stifling you? <laughs> what What's calling you to this this? not to pray or feeling awkward to pray. I think to start with what that is. And even if you don't know what that is, then to start with this sense of of, of gratitude um, or whatever comes to your heart or mind. To, so ultimately to start with the heart of the matter. Mm. Because if you're not starting with the heart of the matter, you're just saying lofty words that Jesus told us not to do, right? <laughs> and so in, um, in, in Luke and Matthew with the Lord's Prayer, he said, all these lofty words, why are you saying all these lofty words? But starting with the heart of the matter, it's when we lose those lofty words and speak directly from our hearts. Something I'll tell a lot of people if they've never prayed, bef prayed before or if they're like really starting over is um, just make your internal monologue external. So if what you're thinking in your head is, I don't even know if you're up there, God. I don't even know if you're a thing, but I feel really desperate and I feel Say that. That's your prayer. Like prayers mm -hmm. aren't more any more than or any less than what you are actually searching for and what is actually happening in the heart of you. I love that phrase you used, D'Angelo, like the heart of the matter. Just start actually saying 
to something, to someone, all of your doubts, fears, and whatever is on your mind, even if it includes real skepticism, even if it includes being angry as heck, like any of that stuff, and see what happens. If you get something back, you'll have begun to form a relationship with a presence that is bigger than you and a part of you. And if you don't, I mean, all you did was take a risk of saying out loud the things you're thinking anyway, you know? And to add to that, um, I think some people also have a difficulty time, time praying because they feel that they're not worthy to even pray, to not even talk to God. Like, I've done this, this, and this. God does not even want to hear from me. Um, and I want to say that God does want to hear from you um, and that um, you are worthy to pray. And it's perfectly okay to have questions and it's perfectly okay to, to, to not know. Um, and that's part of the, the mystery of it. Also, I've, I've learned um, this from somebody that the most simple prayer is breath. Because mm -hmm. if we look at the Old Testament, the name of God was Yahweh. That was actually, from my understanding, a way that somebody actually breathes. Yahweh. Yahweh. And so that name of God is actually our breath. Mm. What's the first thing a baby does when it's born? <gasps> God, you just prayed. What's the last thing that you'll do? I guarantee you. You will, there's the other bookmark, prayer. You are calling out God's name with breath. And to me, that is the simplest form of prayer. If some if things are happening, things are crazy, stop and breathe. No words necessary because your breath is resident, residence with God. Um, and so I think to begin praying, sometimes it can be the most simple thing of just <sighs> welcome to prayer. Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, David. I think, yeah, breath, body. Absolutely. I want to share Megan Brown um, Kelly has shared in the comments. As a child, I prayed two ways, rattling off prayers after confession or praying to God for stuff like he was Santa. As an adult, my prayer shifted to one of humility and gratitude, asking for guidance to follow God's will. Um, and I, I think this is true for a lot of people. Your, your prayer life has to change a lot over time. Um, and one of the things I want to say is it sounds like for you, it, as a child, you had memorized prayers. And as an adult, you needed to come to more kind of organic prayers. For some people, it's the opposite. When they were a child, they were taught to do the extemporaneous prayer. So then as an adult, written prayer becomes this really powerful tool. We often need balance in our spiritual life to kind of exercise the muscles that aren't natural for us in knowing God and knowing self. Um, and so I, if anyone's sort of ever feeling like stuck in a rut when it comes to growth, I always recommend like try the opposite of whatever you've been doing. Do you pray standing up? Pray prostrated or sitting down. Do you pray from pre-written prayers? Pray not that way, you know, or pray to music. So I really love that story. Thank you for sharing that, Megan. And Can folks, I add something? Yeah, please. Cool. Um, just really quickly, another really cool thing about prayer is the communal prayer. So like when we're at church or, or a religious service or whatever, um, there's that sense of communal prayer, which I think is so cool that everybody is praying 
towards one intention. And what's really cool, if you doubt something, I pretty much guarantee you somebody within the crowd has the faith to cover that. Mm -hmm. And so you can be in the middle of a communal prayer and be like, what are we even talking about? I do not have faith that this will happen or that will happen or this won't happen or whatever it may be. But because we are communally praying in one spirit, it, it all evens out. So even if you like, this is crazy. Um, I don't believe any of this. That's okay. You're still part of the community and you're still praying. It's funny, David, that you say this, um, you know, and we corporate prayer, right? This right. is what my, my um, faith tradition would call a corporate prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And then in, in, in corporate prayer, it was like in Acts, I want to say like 24. I want to, mm, yeah, I think, I think 242. I think so. Um, and, and in that scripture, it talks about agreement. Mm -hmm. And though we're praying corporately, right, we're not always in agreement with what's saying. <laughs> But then what happens with what you're saying is something shifts with our agreement in faith, not mm -hmm. necessarily in like tangible agreement, right. right? But our faith begins to be challenged a little bit. Mm -hmm. Our faith begins mm -hmm. to uh, expand a little bit. And then we go into a prayer of faith that, mm -hmm. that oh, wait a minute, these people, like, wait, people around me are praying this and I don't believe it. Lord, why don't I believe this? What's going on? Can, yeah. can you yep. expand and, and, and bring my faith to an expansion where my fellow siblings are? And that's another thing that prayer that does, it evolves your faith. It evolves your, your, your being. Um, and so that relationship with prayer um, is like it, it calibrates. It starts to calibrate. And we always think of things like, I'm going to change the situation because I'm going to pray about it. After a while, you start to realize, wait a minute, the prayer is changing me on how I respond to the whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's a really cool dynamic of prayer that it's not stag static. It's dynamic. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it changes. It gets you rolled up. Yeah. A couple people have started sharing prayers that they really love. So we've seen the centering prayer, the Lord's prayer on what you two were both just saying. A, a powerful transformational prayer for me has been the practice of welcoming prayer, um, because something that I really struggle with is um, kind of over responsibility and like taking on of sort of like wanting to exert my will to make things better or to change situations and then being faced with the finite capacity of my will and feeling at a loss, right? And what welcoming, which I think many people probably share, <laughs> but what welcoming prayer is, is I welcome and accept this moment fully as it is. All the mm -hmm. things I love about it, all the things I don't love about it, all of its mm -hmm. sounds, all of its tastes, I welcome and accept reality as it is. And that mm -hmm. prayer is always like the hardest prayer for me to pray and the one that transforms me the most, David, right? Mm -hmm. That I like, I develop a new perspective and a new understanding of what is happening. And that is actually related to our next question, which is um, we have many people who have been, I think this has been true always, but particularly in the last couple of years, it's gotten acute frustrated with the way some folks use the idea of prayer as an excuse not to act 
right? So there's an act of violence and they say thoughts and prayers, but that's the end of what happens. What is the relationship between prayer and action? What should it be ideally? How do we look for that relationship in our life? What's going on there? I really think what David has said already answers this question about prayer should transform us, right? Should transform our mind, our soul, our heart, and not only that, our body. So, mm -hmm. so, so what do we do with our bodies? And I think that as a people of faith, faith, faith without works is dead. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 when I hear that, it means that if you believe that justice is part of your faith and you're not acting to bring justice into this realm, then you're not acting on your faith. So mm -hmm. therefore, you need to, like I feel um, you're being called to activate your faith in that realm in the realm of justice. And mm -hmm. so um, the Lord's prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this, this prayer needs to come and be manifested. Mm -hmm. And how that is manifested is through our actions within ourselves first <laughs> and then communal and then and then, and then we will see God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. I sometimes struggle with this question because I'm not sure folks are very uh, familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm a nine. And so I would much rather not have any type of conflict or anything. And I'm just like, let me come back here and pray about that for a while. I'll see you in a few hours. Um, and so this is always, um, this is, this is kind of like one of those things, uh, like we were talking about earlier that kind of pushes me and it kind of pulls me and it kind of, you know, it, 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 it rubs me a little bit because I'm one of those people that I will be like, I'll pray for you. And I, I sincerely do. I, I'm, I'm empathetic and I do pray for you. Um, but putting that faith in action in, in that type of realm of like, hardcore justice work and things of that nature, it's a little difficult for me um, because of my personality. And so I think there's also, um, there are some folks who are called to be prayer as a, a good old terminology, a prayer warrior, where they are, that is their, their action. Their action is embedded in the actual prayer. Um, and, but once again, prayer pulls us and, and makes us, you know, rub against things. And so I feel that that I do need to be more active. And so I, I see people like D'Angelo and I, I see like Hannah and then other people at Irvin Village Church that, that takes that prayer, but then goes and marches into the street. And that is awe-inspiring for me. Um, that is just like, you know, it's so cool to see. And it, and it, and when you guys do that, it draws me, mm. it pulls me, it pulls my heart, it pulls my spirit. Um, and so I, 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 once again, a nine sees both sides. I see both sides of, of somebody who is like, let me pray for you. 
that is that is my action and that's as much as i can do for you right now whereas there's other folks is like let's pray but let's hit the street you know mm -hmm. and and both are are sacred and beautiful and holy um and both are embedded in prayer thank you for that what a beautiful and i and i really appreciate this thing you said at the end which is like just praying can be one of the most powerful acts in the world but i think we can sort of all tell when someone is praying to open a door or when someone is praying to close a door when someone is saying i'll pray for you to make you go away and when someone is saying i'll pray for you because that's the greatest gift they can offer in that moment right and like there's a difference yeah and hannah that i think that that is that is an action right like so yeah. so so for me we uh, action is not that extreme of going out marching in the streets. Action mm -hmm. is let me walk with, I'm going to pray with you, but I want to listen to you as well. Right. I want to stay yeah. present with you. And that is action. It, it, it doesn't mean that you have to go to the point of putting your body at risk with this justice work um, and uh, at a social level, but it could be at this level of, oh, you need a meal, I'll go bring you a meal. Or you need someone just to listen to you, that's action. And that's action mm -hmm. from justice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I'm about to go in and, and check online questions. So folks be submitting your questions to onlinequestions.org. You're gonna have to put in that event number, 31255. But we also have a question in the comments. And so I'd like to read that out. Um, after I had COVID, I publicly gave glory to God and thanked everyone who prayed for me for getting me through it. Someone questioned me, does that mean God didn't hear the prayers of those people who lost loved ones? I had a response to them, but I would like to hear how you all would answer that type of question. Hmm. So this question of, Feeling as if a prayer has been powerfully answered, what does that mean for people whose prayers have not been answered? So this is kind of the like, I shared that this was one of my big barriers when I first started praying as a Christian, right? But I think we mm -hmm. each have to answer it in a slightly different way. Um, mm -hmm. Has this come up for either of you? And if so, in what way? Hmm. So personally, you know, I've seen, um, you know, individuals be, shot and and be nursed back to health and um in 2015 my little brother was shot and my little brother was not nursed back to health even though i fell to my knees and i prayed life back into my little brother because i knew i just had a feeling like you know something's not right and i i, I all i knew that he was shot i didn't know anything else but then my little brother died and I went through a period where like, Lord, well, you know, why me? Why my family? We pray, we do this. And and the Holy Spirit said to me, like I felt Holy Spirit, not say to me, but bring a peace over me and say, why couldn't I have answered your prayer in a different way? Mm -hmm. And so, for me, I don't believe that death is the bad thing, right? <laughs> I believe that the cause of it, right, um, may be, may be, right, 
injustice. Um, and yet, what does it mean for God to answer? And so that that is very tricky because we as the living would love our 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 loved ones to be alive with us. Mm -hmm. And what what was their decision? Or what 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 like maybe they were tired of fighting. Maybe, you know, we don't know. And so we have to explore how God answers in a bigger, broader way. And that's hard. That takes work. Um yeah. Yeah, that's such a it's such a difficult um, way to look at things um, in the sense of I prayed for this and this didn't happen, but this this happened for this person didn't happen for that person, and sometimes um, sometimes we like to be in control, and we like to tell God what God should do or not do, and in I think it's in Romans, um, Paul says that. We don't even really know how to pray, but the spirit prays for us, intercedes for us. And so a lot of times when I come up against these types of situations, I can pray for what I think I know is best or worse, but I also have to allow God to be God. And I have to allow myself to be myself. And the mystery of prayer is that somehow, some way, the spirit takes what I'm praying, inverts it into something that God can understand, and God journeys with us through it. Now, I did say God goes with us through it, not around it sometimes, not detouring off on another highway, but to go with us through it. Um, and so it, it's always just, it's it's one of those kind of tricky things because we think there's right and there's wrong, there's good and there's bad. But you know what? You don't know everything. You're not omnipresent and God is. And so sometimes when, when those types of questions come up or even within ourselves or somebody asks us, all we can do is say, I gave it to God. I can't answer for God. If you have an issue, take it up <laughs> with God. Um, all I know is this is what happened to me and this is how it happened. And thank God for that. Thank you both for sharing. I think this is one of those places where mystery lives and, oh, where, yeah. the both, and where the both and lives, right? Mm -hmm. That like to be alive and to be faithful to the fullness of human experience means having to hold gratitude and miracles and anger at the unanswered mm -hmm. prayers of justice at the same time. Just that yeah. like those are both real human experiences that most of us have had. And and we might not make sense of it. I do one thing that often comes up with this question is um I think we all come to different conclusions around this. And so you as a mm -hmm. discerner, I hope you come to yours. But for me, I simply do not believe that everything that ever has happened to a human is what God wanted to happen to them. Exactly. I think God gave us freedom and we have used that freedom to enact evil and injustice and things that are abominations to God at times. Um, and so just because something happened didn't mean God sent it to you like as a test or as a reflection like that. So that that's one thing I often hear in that question that I just want to say 
I don't believe to be true. Um, but it doesn't solve the whole question because nothing will. Like life isn't something that can be solved, unfortunately. <laughs> right? No, I really want to say what David said. God will go with you through it. Mm -hmm. So, so that like the injustice that I mean, or anything like that, God went through it with them, <laughs> mm -hmm. and so. We have to trust that the spirit of God does the spirit of God's work. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me, let me check this little uh, question and then folks enter your questions in the comments if you have more. Okay. So we've got one. Let me just find it. Okay. Um, are there any things we shouldn't pray for? Like, should I not pray for more money or should I not pray for health because it's God's will? Are there things that we should or shouldn't pray for? This is a really interesting question to me that I hadn't heard a lot before. Um, what do you folks think? Um, for me, it's kind of reflective of my previous kind of framing um, of God knows what God's doing, you know, um, and that uh, if we if we pray for something that maybe we shouldn't be praying for, um, thank God that the Holy Spirit can interpret our mess into glory. Um, because I, I guarantee you, I have prayed for messes before without even realizing it. Um, and, and God through the God spirit, the divine and, and the mystery and it works, um, it comes out okay at least from my point of view. Yeah, that's, <laughs> prayer, prayer is a lot of things, but it's most powerfully for me, like the relationship, that prayer builds the relationship and, and intensifies the relationship between me and God. And I just think that honesty is better for relationships than not honesty. So if you're sitting around wanting to pray for something, I mean, you know, shoulds, are shoulds helpful in general? I don't know. But if you have a should in the back of your head, being honest with God is usually the best policy. This is what I want to pray for right now. And then seeing what comes of it and seeing what impact it has on you, on your soul, on your community. Yeah, I, I really like what David said. Like, I always thought that God will interpret what, like, God will take what I'm saying and use it for my good or use it for whoever's good or use it, um, to usher in my destiny, my calling in relationship with me. And so sometimes I have prayed things that like, I know maybe I shouldn't have, like, like mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have prayed that. But then God transformed my heart as I mm -hmm. prayed. <laughs> and so as I, was angry and said some things to God, God transformed me. And mm -hmm. I think to have that space to be transformed through your prayer practice and that vulnerability to actually say exactly what you wanna say to God mm -hmm. is powerful. Right. God can handle it, it's okay. He, he's been through, God has been through a lot 
Right. Um, he, he can handle you. It, it's okay. It's okay. God dealt with David. Like you are not surprising God. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're not. You're not gonna shock her. It's gonna be okay. God's not gonna grab grab their pearls. You know, like you know, it's okay. It's okay. Joy affirms. That's the work. I always seek to be transformed. Mm -hmm. So folks are starting to ask for some practical tools. So like, what is a specific prayer practice that maybe you hadn't heard of when you first started praying or that folks might not have heard of that you think is really valuable? A book on prayer, a video on prayer. What are some resources you'd really like to share? Um, I'll just jump right in. Um, so the examine um, is, an, is a great prayer tool for your little tool, your prayer toolbox. Um, it can fix a lot of things. It's really a handy dandy Swiss knife, if you ask me. Um, the examine um, at the beginning or the end of the day, you just kind of examine the day. Where did you see God? Where did you not see God? Um, how did you see God? Did you respond to God? How did you respond to God? And so it just kind of puts some framing and context to your day through a, a certain type of, of prayer. Um, also, I really enjoy um the collect prayer where it's a little formulated which sometimes we need that you know um i'm at work all day i'm making decisions all day just give me a plus b equals c and let's call it a day okay um and that's what the collect prayer does it's uh, you can look it up you can google it but it's a it's a formula per se and it actually makes really pretty prayers um it, it's also helpful by the way if you learn it if you ever get called on to pray it's a really easy format to follow and make just a really nice, simple prayer um, if you're ever called on um, to pray. And then, of course, centering prayer, um, where, it's, where it's a time of quiet and you're centering and you focus on, on like one word, like grace and peace or Jesus or something of that nature. And you and that's kind of reflective of the meditation thing we were asking about earlier, too. Right. Um, and, and it just helps to to center that day or that time or that situation um, to a centering um, prayer type. There's a few. There's so many. There are so many. There are. And um, for me, I actually like started with the Lord's Prayer mm -hmm. because this is where Jesus teaches us, Yeshua teaches us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Not just those words are, are are not actually like oh say these words no understand these words what what are, what are we doing we're honoring God's name we're speaking God's kingdom to come here on earth mm -hmm. we're talking about God's provision we're talking about God's forgiveness and we're talking about God's deliverance made mm -hmm. provided to us and so I think to like go through that and to see where I need forgiveness, where I can repent, where I can do these things. I think that that prayer teaches me how to formulate a prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm Pentecostal, right? So some, some, some of this book, I, you know, you gotta take it out. You gotta take some things out. But I really love this book. Um, it's called The Rules of Engagement. And it's by Cindy Tramp. Now, um, 
it is very spiritual. Um, so I just want to say that um, it's very, you know, but the prayers within and the, the, what she teaches us is how to, to actually use the authority, right, <laughs> that we have as children of God. And I think that that is important, using the authority. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. those are the, the two I would say. Thank you. Those are both great recommendations. I'm now excited to go find them. Um, for me, I will say um, one of the best things that ever happened in my life was I got uh, a spiritual director who was also a therapist. So she could like work on me with both of the things at the same time. And it was great. And something that I experienced a lot is, um, or did experience a lot during a period in my life was anxiety. And so I'd be in, I'd call it the anxiety hamster wheel, right? Of like where you're kind of stuck in a thought and you can't get out. And something that was really helpful to me in that as a prayer practice that I now use when I just sort of feel discomforted or uncentered and want to bring myself back to centering was to um, involve my body. So she would like tap yourself on the arm or tap yourself mm. on the leg because that can kind of shock you out of an anxiety response or a trauma response to remind you of where your body is. And then just go up and down a phrase that means a lot to you. So the one that I chose was um, be still and know that I am God. Right. It might be something different for you, but I chose be still and know that I am God. So I would go be, be still, be still and be still and know. And I just work up to the phrase and then back down to be and up and back down until my heartbeat felt strong and my body felt at peace. And I felt at one right with that mm -hmm. peace at the center of the universe again. Mm -hmm. um, so that one was really helpful to me. And also uh, I would say loving kindness meditation, which is actually a Buddhist practice of imagining um, first a person you're incredibly intimately close to, someone it's really easy for you to love and kind of asking for love and prosperity and kindness for their life. And then someone who's kind of neutral, like someone who you, you don't love, but you don't hate, like, someone who you see on the street each day, they like work at a shop near you. And then someone who's kind of hard for you to love, like someone who's sort of been an enemy to you, <laughs> pray for them. And then yourself, who often is the hardest person for you to have kindness for, to really focus your love um, and neighborliness and Christ-likeness towards those four people was a really transformational practice for me and kind of becoming the Christian I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. um, so I offered those. And then if you were interested in what David said about breath prayer, I also agree, like starting with your breath is so great. The book, The Way of the Pilgrim, is a, is a short mystic's tale from centuries ago of a pilgrim in Russia who wanted to answer the question, what would it mean to pray without ceasing? And so he goes and he asks all the wisest people that he knows and all the scholars and all the kings and all the whoever, and they give him all these answers. And then at the end, what he decides what it would mean to pray without ceasing would be to pray with every breath. So when he breathes in, he prays Lord Jesus Christ. And when he prays out, he prays, have mercy on me. And every breath becomes that until that becomes the intention of his life. And it's just a beautiful little book. So I put that out there too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and um, um, the thing is when I was really studying the Bible and like really diving in, I would get stuck. And so 
prayer, I would not get stuck. I can pray for hours, right? <laughs> and so uh, I, I felt Holy Spirit calling me as I read to pray what I'm reading. So whatever mm. the theme is that I'm reading yeah, about, good. actually pray, you know, um, if I'm talking about, you know, Jonah and, and it's called and like, Lord, all those things in my life where I am running from you, running from your call, I ask that you begin to, and use the mm -hmm. scripture, the words in the scripture to actually pray. And I, I felt like the word began to be a part of my body and I began to that's live awesome. the living word of God. Hey. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's so cool. That is so beautiful. And it's so funny about like who God is and how prayer works because I'm almost the opposite. Like I could sort of study and be in the word for forever. And, but I, like, I love praying. I love connecting with God, but I lose focus real quick. Like I'm getting evaluated for ADD over here. Like I start to think, you know, I, I pray for a person. And then I think about that cool sweater they were wearing when they told me about the thing. And then I think about other sweaters. And then I think about how do you make a sweater? And then I think about scissors and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so for me, maintaining focus in prayer, coloring prayer has been amazing. If I write or color while I'm praying, it's much easier for my mind to stay at attention than if I'm just kind of doing words in my brain, because then my brain's going to hop all over the land. It's going to go every which way that it wants to. So oh, humans are amazing. There's so many different ones of us. I love it. If any of you in the comments would like to share some of your prayer practices or your prayer resources, books you've loved, prayers you've loved, things, please do so. Um, but we are about to close. <laughs> yeah, no problem, Joy. Somebody says, thanks for that idea. Um, this was, I, so I grew up in Japan. So like I think a lot about Buddhist concepts of prayer because they're the first ones I ran into. There's a Buddhist idea in meditation of that like hopping aroundness that a lot of people's minds do when they first try to enter stillness called monkey mind, that your mind is sort of always trying to leap around. And I have found that very helpful. So if any of you in the audience find that helpful, it the old, you cannot control it, right? In meditation, trying to control things is gonna go away. All you can do is acknowledge it. Oh, my mind's hopping around right now. Mm -hmm. Silly mind. And then that becomes a part of the meditation experience. I wanted to ask one final question, which is, um, I just thought, would you, is there an experience of prayer you'd like to share? Like a moment, a particular prayer that was powerful for you or where the Holy Spirit showed up that you'd like to share with the community? Just as kind of a like ending, nice tone. I thought, I didn't prepare you for this, so I'll give you a second to think about it. I was just thinking about... Um, a few weeks ago, you know, it's been a long year and a half, y'all. And I was kind of, I had reached the end of my rope and then I had gone beyond the end of my rope. And I was just like, what is life? And who am I? And what, like, what is, and I was just feeling really overwhelmed and overburdened. And I was in a place of just crying my tears to God. And in the middle of that prayer, a dove, came and appeared on my windowsill, a morning dove. And a few minutes later, her partner joined her and they began a nest on that windowsill, which is one foot away from where I work. And they have now laid two eggs and my whole family is waiting for those little babies to be born. And it was um, one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life. I cannot tell you how attached I am to these doves. I wanted to call them Ruach and Hakodesh for the Holy Spirit because that's how they felt to me. Like the Holy Spirit, 
came and landed on my window and said, you may not have answers, but here is peace for you, right? And I have found so much comfort and Holy Spirit in their life and in their in their flourishing and in their continuing to be, right? If my eye is on the morning dove, Holy Spirit mm -hmm. said to me, how much more is my eye on you? And so mm -hmm. it didn't give me any answers, right? It wasn't like, here's the next step to take. Here's what God wants you to do. It just gave me peace. And, and that, so that's a prayer experience I've had that was powerful. And I just thought, let's share that. And if there's anything else that anyone would like to share in our closing three or four minutes about what prayer means to you, what it has meant to you in your life. Well, for me, um, an experience is one that I think I've shared um, before is when I was in China and I was very depressed around my sexuality and being a Christian and being called to the ministry. And in my hotel room, um, I just sat and prayed and read my Bible in the, like with only a nightlight on in the dark the whole day, drawing curtains. And as I was praying prostrate, like laying on the ground, like crying, and just surrendering to God, whatever your will is, I just heard in my spirit, my mother say, no thing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, no thing. And it kept repeating and repeating. And I felt my deliverer come to me that day and release me from all of that shame, that, that you know, self-hate and everything. And I came out fabulous and fearless. <laughs> Praise be to God for that. Um, the world would be so much less without you. That's beautiful. Um, I don't know if I have like a, like an absolute certain like wow kind of kind of thing. However, when I was a little kiddo. Um, it was, I was in the back of my parents' car. We were going to some church, something. Uh, we were Methodist, so probably a potluck of some sort or the other um, with a little Jesus sprinkled in. And I just remember as a kid, I just lifted my arms and I said, God, I invite you in. Um, and it was that moment that I think kind of set me in a trajectory um, for the rest of my life. And, it, um, and so I think that was like probably one of those aha prayer moments for me. Um, there's been other things that's happened throughout the years and things of that nature. Um, but that's the one that, that, that kind of bubbled up, um, for me. And I think it's also important to kind of note too, that you don't have to have a big aha moment. Um, you're still, you're, it's okay. You're, you're still spiritual. Um, uh, I think a lot of people is like, oh, well, let me, let me see, can I up that? Let's see, can I up that prayer? You know, and, and I'm just letting you know, it's not necessary. If you don't have that aha moment, that's okay too. Um, if you just pray the Lord's prayer on Sunday mornings once a year, that's okay. Um, there, there are highs and there are lows and there are in-betweens and, that rainbow is beautiful and your color is bright as, you know, 
I have to have your color to have to make my color and you have to have my color to make your color. So, you know, let, let, let's color that prayer rainbow, how, how, it, how it needs to be. My humble opinion. What a beautiful note to close on. I want to thank you so much, David and D'Angelo, for your sharing here tonight. Um, I want to thank our behind the scenes, you have not seen him, Caleb, for directing us tonight and making all of the tech happen. Thank you to all of the questioners and all of the commenters who created this space together. Um, let this be the beginning and not the end of our consideration of our prayer lives. Um, I hope that all of us can ask that beautiful question that child David knew to ask, which are... Uh, command really like God, I invite you in and figuring out how are we going to invite God in a little bit more as who we are in what we do and what our lives are. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens next. Thank you all and love and care to you. Yes, please.